Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Michelle Gauthier. And Michelle is a life coach. She is a professional life coach who helps overworked moms create a more calm and organized life. Before becoming a life coach in 2017, Michelle had a 20-year corporate career where she focused on change management and process improvement. These skills are part of what makes her life coaching so effective. Michelle is a single mom of two who enjoys working out, taking naps, and decorating her house and enjoying her kids. Michelle, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation and the fact that you are the first life coach that I've had on my show. So I know that my listeners are really wanting to get some clarity like I do on what a life coach is and what they do. Can you go deep on that for a minute? Sure, yes. Tell me if you have specific questions, but I'll just start out by saying, in general, life coaches usually specialize in something. And so you can become a life coach. There are many ways to become a life coach. There's not like one main way to do it. And so I'll tell you my definition of what a life coach is. I studied under a woman named Martha Beck, She writes a column in Oprah magazine. That's how I had heard of her before. And she's written some amazing books. And I read one of her books. And when I was interested in becoming a life coach, I looked into her and ended up doing her program. So the way that I would describe being a life coach is that I work with clients on what's happening in their life. So people usually come to me when they're feeling stuck. So they're feeling overwhelmed or they're contemplating changing jobs, or maybe they're having a really tough time in their marriage. Something big is going on and they don't know how to solve it. So I think what a life coach can do, what I do, I'll just speak for myself, but what a life coach can do in that situation is help you understand why you're stuck, what thoughts and patterns. And a lot of times it's family-based patterns, things that we picked up from our parents are keeping us there. And then I help people change the way that they think and the way that they feel so they can change the actions that they take. And I think life coaching is I've done therapy and I've done life coaching, not as the therapist. I've received therapy and I've received life coaching. The way I would describe the difference between those two is that therapy is a great place to go if you need healing, if there's trauma, those kinds of things that you need someone who can especially help you work through those issues. I think life coaching is good if you are ready to move forward and I can help you figure out what's holding you back right now. And then what are those steps? And then I help hold my clients accountable until they get to their end goal. Okay. That clarifies it. First of all, I always like to ask this question. 
who is your particular ideal client for the type of life coaching that you So my best, most frequent client is an overwhelmed, busy mom who has an executive type job. And she feels like she's just barely holding it together. And that one thing could topple the whole, I'm trying to maintain my relationship with my spouse and my kids and this high pressure, high powered job that I have and managing a team of people. So the most ideal client who I usually have is someone who's feeling like that. And they don't know where to go and they're just tired of feeling stressed and overwhelmed all the time. I think a lot of times people get to the point where their body starts telling them, I can't do this anymore. Maybe they have some kind of pain somewhere or they're just feeling exhausted all the time and they don't know how to get out of it. So that's usually where I come in. Wow. That's a good point of entry. So when you either track that client or a client is referred to you, what's the initial process that you go through in terms of the evaluation? The women who come to me, I would describe as almost all A plus overachiever type people. So the first thing that they want to do is solve the problem is to say, I'm tired of feeling overwhelmed. Help me stop feeling overwhelmed right now. And what I actually help them do is stay in the problem so that we we can fully understand what it is. So what exactly is making you feel overwhelmed? I'll give you an example from my own life when it was me who was the overwhelmed corporate person who had two little kids. I had a belief that I didn't realize that I had to do everything perfectly all the time. And that if I didn't do everything perfectly, that people would not like me. And also that everyone would know it. Like everyone would see that I was some kind of a fraud or this imperfect flawed person, which I am, by the way, everybody is. But that really kept me overwhelmed because that meant that I felt like I had to hold up everything. I was always throwing balls up into the air. Like I have to be the mom who's the room mom and I have to get the promotion and I have to be in person at this business meeting, but I have to fly home at five in the morning so that I can get to something for my kids. So that is an example of an underlying belief that I've had since I was a little girl that I didn't realize that I had, and it was really keeping me feeling overwhelmed. So we will investigate that. And do you want me to say what happens next or does that I want to ask ask you a follow-up question so where does imposter syndrome fit into that yeah yeah I think that's a great question I think imposter syndrome is something that you can probably talk to this too because it sounds like you had a similar type of job but I think we see these women in high-powered positions who've worked so hard to get there and they look from the outside to be so together and confident and so many times women tell me I feel like a fraud I feel like everybody's just about to discover I can't really do this or that I'm barely holding it together so that's something that I work on with all of my clients and I think that comes comes from a lot of different things, but it's created from our own thoughts about ourselves that we're not good enough to actually do it. And I work with my clients to come up with actual evidence of what they have done and what they have accomplished. And the biggest thing that we usually come to is not, here's all my whole list of accomplishments, which you can see on a resume, but here is What makes me successful is that I can trust myself. I can make decisions for myself. If this whole thing were to fall apart, I know how to pick the pieces back up. I'm not saying it would be a fun time, but I like to teach my clients and they come to it themselves throughout coaching that they have everything that they need already to be successful. So many of these women may be classified as type A go-getters, 
and those who could probably withstand a lot of pressure, the self-pressure to make things happen quickly. So as working with you, is there a level of advice or counsel to them just to slow it down and appreciate the journey? Yeah. Yeah. I start off with that. Even when I'm talking about working with someone in the first place before they become my clients, because I want them to know that they want to change, but they're not just going to be able to just quickly come up with a solution. In this case, we have to really feel into it. That discovery that I told you about myself, like I have to do everything perfectly. And if people see me as flawed, I don't know. I felt like I was going to die or something to get to that point where you can understand what your story is. It doesn't take months, but it takes a few sessions before you can get to that. And so the first thing I do is I teach them that the way that they've been successful in life is to be a mover and a shaker and to get things done. And that that works for them 90, 95% of the time. But in this case, with the problem that we're trying to solve, we have to go with the opposite where we are going to slowly investigate it. We're going to think about what we want to change. And then we're going to work on little bits and pieces until they start feeling better. And when they default back to their normal thinking, which is, okay, I know what I can do. I can just do this and this. I'll say, let's just notice that your brain's trying to put you in that pattern that you're used to being in. And that's what has gotten you to be overwhelmed. So let's just slow down. So I just keep gently bringing them back. And then eventually they start seeing the results. They'll start feeling better usually after one or two sessions. I work with clients for six months. So after hitting the halfway point of three months, they feel significantly better. And then at the end of six months, it's like a completely different world. So I just have to keep reminding them and telling them to trust me and that I do this all the time. And that if they take it slow, they'll be really pleased with the results. So the end game is to be in a better position so that they can actually manage and feel good about what they're doing. A lot of these women... I'm just going to make a generalization, especially if they're married. There's probably some underlying things that are going on with their relationship to some extent. So I'm sure that a high achieving woman, let's just say in a marriage, can cause some dynamic, let's just say, depending on who your partner is. How many times have you been faced with that situation? Every time I have a client, I feel like, I just don't think you get to the point where you're so overwhelmed. And again, these are type A problem solvers. And so if they could have solved the problem themselves, they would have already done it. So by the time they come to me, that's always an issue that they want to talk about, whether it's my husband doesn't help enough, or my husband doesn't make me feel loved or doesn't make me feel seen or is resentful about what I'm doing in my career, those kinds of things come up a lot. So where does self-validation come in with all of that? Yeah, that's a great question. So to me, the antidote and what I teach my clients to all of that is we always focus on only what we can control and all we can control is our own thoughts and our own behavior. For example, if I'm saying, I want my husband to make me feel loved, I can't make him feel a certain way. I can't make him do a certain thing. I teach my clients to give themselves what they're looking for. So what do you want from your husband? For example, a simple one. I just want him to know that he should do the dishes when there are dishes there and I walk by and don't say anything. I'm like, nope, that's not ever going to solve the problem because if it was, he would have already done the dishes. So you've got to ask for what you need. If he's, no, I'm not going to do that, then give it to yourself in some other way. Have one of your kids do it. Hire someone to help you because a lot of times my clients are in the position to have many different options, but they just keep hoping 
helping someone like their husband, for example, will do it or will help at home or will make them feel loved when they have to take charge and just always look at what can I control? What's in my control and how can I change it? So what are some of the fears that your clients have? Or let's say any one case study of a woman that you have been working with I think at the point that they come to me, which is around the same point where I left corporate America too, they have gotten to the point where they have realized that they can be very successful at work. So it's not a problem of I can't get promoted or I can't make the money that I want to make. It's all the other parts of life that they fear that they're missing out on or that they're not spending enough time with their children or that they're neglecting their spouse. Or a lot of times when I first meet someone and I'll say, what do you enjoy doing just for you for fun? And they have no answer. They've completely forgotten what's fun. They don't see their girlfriends anymore. They're just working all the time and then trying to fit in time with their kids, but they're feeling stressed when they're with their kids. So they're not really present. So the fear is my kids are going to grow up and I will have missed it. I will have missed having a true connection with them. Wow. Yeah. And, or I will have spent my whole life doing a job where I was successful and made a lot of money and didn't care at all about what I was doing or didn't get any enjoyment out of it. Wow. Again, (laughs) I know nobody, nobody wants to be in that position. How long ago was it that you left corporate? It was in 2017. So five years, about five years. Yeah. So in your life, what, if you don't mind me getting personal, no, what are some of the things that have changed in the milestones that you've experienced in your own life in this new chapter that you're yeah, I was one of those. I was my most ideal client. And so when I decided I just can't do this anymore, I quit my, I had started doing the life coach training on the side, which is comical because I had this super busy job and these two little kids and I didn't have a moment to breathe, but I just felt that was what I was supposed to do. So I did my class, my life coaching class while I was still working. And once I finished that, I just decided that I was going to go all in on changing my life. So within one month span, I quit my corporate job, got separated from my husband. I'm now divorced. We had two different houses. We sold the houses. I moved into a smaller house, renovated the house and got a puppy all in one month. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend doing any of that. If I were my own life coach, I would have said, let's think through this. Let's take it a little slow. So it was pretty rough for a while there, but now Hindsight's 2020. Now looking back, I'm glad that I did just rip off the band-aid and just made all the changes that I needed to make in my life. It took a long time to get settled into those, but now my life is completely different. I just feel so peaceful and calm and I'm a single mom and I have hundred percent custody of my kids. So you would think that could be a hectic life for a business owner with two kids and doing it all on my own. There are times where it's, oh my gosh, how am I going to coordinate this or that? But it's very, it feels very very peaceful and I feel very aligned to my authentic self. I get to work in the morning. I get to see clients. I get to write things that I enjoy writing about. I get to do all these wonderful things. And then when I'm finished with work in the afternoon, I usually finish around four or five. Then I get to just be with my kids and I don't feel stressed about work. And I don't feel like I have to work all night long. I travel maybe once a year. I used to travel all the time. So it's just a completely different life. And I think my favorite part is just being able to 
do something every day where I feel like every time I hang up from a client, I think, wow, that was amazing. This is so great. I absolutely love that. I can feel that. I can feel that energy and that positivity. Good. That's just feeling of a life that is being well lived. That's the highest compliment I could ever get. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm glad it comes across as it feels on the inside. It does come across there. And you mentioned Martha Beck. I am a member of a book club. And of course, we meet via, via Zoom. There are many members who are in other cities than the city I reside in. And the most recent book that we completed was The Way of Integrity. Oh, yes. That's a great book. Did you guys enjoy it? I bet you had some good conversation. We had some awesome conversation. But what we tried to do was to read it from a perspective of what was happening in terms of what she, Martha, was experiencing and the examples that she gave. And then to actually do a personal reflection of where we are in our walk and some things either need to be tweaked or to be paid attention to. And those questions that she has after every chapter, sometimes you don't want to answer the question. It it, it gets you. Gets you in the heart for sure. Yeah. And I think for any of your listeners who aren't familiar with that book, the way she talks about being in integrity is different than I think a lot of people would think about it, but it's really being in alignment with who you really are, who you were meant to be and being aligned with your authentic self. And so I think sometimes we know who that is but we feel like we don't, or we feel like we have to be something different. And so I think those questions can be tough sometimes when you realize you're out of integrity, as she would call it. Yeah, absolutely. And it brought up a lot of of deep feelings and some feelings that were either buried or avoided, let's just say. But I think the thing that we all got out of it was the outcomes of being aligned and the impact that it could have when we are aligned with our authentic self. So that begs the question, getting closer to your authentic self or to our authentic self. How do you go about that in your practice as you're working with your clients? If that's something that is needed, how do you take that? I feel like even for myself, I put a lot of emphasis and time on making sure that I am in alignment with who I really am. And I do something every day. So I would say as far as my practice, I start with myself. And before I get to work in the morning, I notice what kind of thoughts I'm having in my head. If I'm very practiced now in living my most authentic self. And so I can feel it. I can feel it when I've said yes to something I don't want to say yes to without realizing that wasn't something I want to do or having a conversation and it's sticking with me and it didn't feel good for some reason. So I will journal about that and just make sure that I feel like I'm in alignment with that. And I think Martha talks about this in that book and I see it all the time is when we're in alignment with our true selves, things just become available to us. For example, when I decided, okay, I'm just going to go all in and I'm going to start this business. And I have these two kids. And at the time I was thinking, this is going to be really dicey to try to make ends meet. And the magic of just clients coming to me and referrals coming to me and me being able to help people and then them referring me to other people. So I just think the more we get into alignment, the better Like I have met wonderful people and great friends and all these things just seem to come together. And so I work with my clients a lot on being able to listen to their gut. A lot of times women are people pleasers and they feel like they always have to say yes. 
and they don't even check to see if they want to say no. And so I'll teach my clients to check in with themselves and make sure that they're in alignment with their answer, that they're not just thinking of pleasing the other person. They're thinking of pleasing themselves. I help people, the example, like women who don't even know what they like to do. I help them and have them spend time working on that. What is it that you really enjoy? Spend some time doing that. Who do you really enjoy spending time with? And it's funny because it's not always as straightforward or as easy as you would think. Maybe they just think of a person and say, I haven't seen this person in five years, but I used to work with them. I just really loved spending time with them and they'll connect with that person and it will be a neat connection and they'll give them something that they didn't even know they were looking for. It's interesting because there's some people who exchange energy with any old body. Yeah, any old body. It doesn't matter who they're exchanging energy yep. with. And I'm the reverse where I'm actually more scoping and make decisions on who I would like to actually exchange energy with from this yep. just being with someone. So yep. occasionally I've been called antisocial and it's not a question of that. And I've had to defend myself on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think just the fact that you're able to articulate that and say that, and then act from that place and not to have someone say something about you. Something I tell my clients all the time is it's okay for someone to be wrong about you. So if someone tells you're antisocial and you're not, and you're just choosy about where you spend your time and how you exchange your energy, you can just know that's not right. And who cares? They can be wrong about you, right? I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I know you believe that. However, I know what the truth is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's all that really matters. Absolutely. The more you interact with people, the more you understand that everyone has a different energy field, if you will. You pick up energy from people and you just have to manage your way through and not everything is going to be good energy, but you know, you just take the good with the good, the bad with the bad, mix it up and hopefully something positive comes out of it. Yes, exactly. And I think it's one of the perks of being an entrepreneur too, because you get to choose your clients and you get to choose who you work with. Like everyone I've hired to do different things for my business. I always choose women-owned businesses and people who I really connect with versus working in an office where you are. Sometimes I would get attacked almost by someone else's negative energy. And I would hate just being in that realm. And now I don't have to do that anymore. Oh, what do you mean? I turned the page on that and it was a surprise to everyone. Uh, However, I just made a decision. Good for you. Good for you. I'm cheering you on. But in that microcosm, if you will, there are some things that you just have to suck up and do or be just to keep some sort of equilibrium. And many people are on that tight walk. Yes, absolutely. Knowing that if they step a little bit to the right or to the left, they could completely collapse and fall over. But there is a sense of walking a certain walk when you're in that type of environment, be it a large corporation or a small one. You've got teams that you lead and others that you have to answer to and yada, yada, and more yada. Yes. (laughs) Does it really matter? Yeah, (laughs) It's refreshing to talk with you after you've made the decision. It's been five years now. You've been in your own space in terms of your headspace and also being able to create a business around things that you enjoy and love doing as others are listening to this and thinking Mm -hmm. about themselves because the next chapter is really about thinking about the things that you want to see happen next what matters most to you Mm -hmm. what 
the next chapter could be or look like. I talked to a lot of people who are perplexed and it, it aligns with your point about what do I really want and how do I go about figuring this piece out? I talked to people who are curious about how to go about defining their next chapter. So they're yeah. a work environment or an occupation that they've had for quite a while. And they know in their heart of hearts that that occupation or that job was a season in their life and they're ready to turn the page on that and look forward to something else. They always ask me, how did you know? How did you know it was the right time? And how do you work with your clients? Yeah, I would say the perfect time to start working with me or another life coach, if it's a different situation, is just when you know that you don't want to do anymore what you're doing. And maybe you're not a hundred percent sure. Like, I don't want to work in corporate for more than six more months. Maybe it's not specified, but just having that discontent that won't go away. Usually people describe it as like a blah. It's not joyful anymore. Everything just feels overwhelming. And when you get to the point where you want to make a change, but you're not sure what it is, because I think people tell themselves, I don't want to do this, but I don't know what I would want to do. So I'm just going to stay doing this. And I would say the opposite. I would say, if you don't want to do this, come and talk to me and I'll help you figure out what it is that you do want to do. And then you can decide if you want to do something different. So for example, I had a client who was in financial services. She had a very toxic relationship with her boss and she really didn't like her job at all. And she wanted to become an interior designer. That's what she thought she wanted to do. And so when we worked together, she ended up staying at her job for much longer than she thought, because through the tools that I taught her, she could change her thoughts and her boss didn't bother her nearly as much. And her job wasn't as painful because she set up some boundaries and she learned how to say no and she changed herself. So she ended up staying at that job long enough that she saved the money and then just quit. And right now she's in the process of buying her first house that she's going to renovate and do all the interior design on. So it doesn't have to be a quick immediately I need to get out. I'm, I don't know how to go from being in business to opening a bakery or something, but I can help clients figure out what do you want to do next. But before we do that and make a quick move, let's make where you are right now less miserable because you can't think clearly. It's hard to make a decision about what to do next when you're feeling so stuck. Absolutely. Well, it sounds a little bit like my story. I just use time to actually plan my exit. Yeah. I just need there were other things. I mean, I'm multi-talented and things that I couldn't do there while I was working. And I just wanted to create time to be able to do those things unfiltered. What do you think gave you the courage to just actually do that? I was a big mindset person and I'm a big energy person. So even though I enjoyed the work, I enjoyed my clients, I enjoyed my team, I knew that there was more to life than just that. And I wanted to claim that for myself. So I just began a process of preparation. So what gave me the courage is that I was ready. I was prepared to make that change. And that was probably the easy way out. Not everybody has that opportunity to Mm -hmm. actually plan, but because I knew exactly what I needed to do. So in leaving, there wasn't any fear of not mm-hmm. being able to take care of myself because I prepared mm-hmm. for the departure. And that's what I did. Even though on the way home driving on my last day, I thought, did I make the right decision? Absolutely. I can oh tell you exactly God. where I was on the road. I could tell you exactly <laughs> where I was. And I thought to myself, did I make the right decision? And then it took me a five seconds. I said to myself, I choose you. 
That's amazing. And I think that did I make the right decision is human nature. And that's just that little bit of fear saying, are you sure you really want to do this? And if you choose you, you can't go wrong. I would say that hands down. And to your point, though, not having the clarity on exactly what I wanted to do or what I could do. Yeah, just not this, right? Not this anymore. You knew you didn't want to do that. Yeah, that's so brave. You're such a good example. I just knew that there would be something creative on the horizon and something that I could create without a corporate dynamic. So there was no right, there was no wrong. And even if there was a wrong, it's okay to fail. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big lesson I had to learn myself because I think you you are obviously a person cut from the same kind of cloth when you're used to achieving and doing well. And our recipe for when something isn't working out is just to try harder. I think failure can be really hard. And what I had to learn is that failure doesn't mean I'm a failure. It means I'm playing the game. I'm willing to put it all out there to try to be aligned with who I'm supposed to be, who I really am on the inside. But that was definitely a lesson I had to learn. I could have hidden under a rock or just hidden under the traditional success of a business career. I just let that go. And I said, I'm going to try a lot of things. And if I'm successful, great. If I'm not successful, then I will learn. There will be lessons in it and I will continue on. Yep. I love that. I absolutely love that because I don't think that you can truly fail. You just learn something and then you keep going. I saw this woman the other day. She was on Instagram. I wish I could remember her name so I could give her credit, but she's trying to break the pull-up record for women from the Guinness World Book of Records. And she was doing a video every day. And so every day she'd say, hi, my name is such and such. I'm trying to break their world record of doing 45 pull-ups. I'm on day 78. And right now I'm at 34. And she was just going to keep going. So you could either look at every day as a failure that she didn't beat that 45 or every day as, okay, now I'm on day 87. Now I'm on day 102. It was like, you could tell she was not stopping. And I think when we really feel passionate about doing something, that's the way we should approach goals. Like this is day one of me learning how to be a life coach or whatever it is that we want to change in our lives. So when you look at passion and purpose, Do you see a a correlation between the two? I really do. I feel like if you can get tuned into what you're passionate about, it seems like most of the time that aligns with some kind of purpose as well. And I think there are jobs out there where you maybe not on a daily basis, even when I worked in financial services, I felt, okay, I'm helping to create jobs or I'm enabling people to start businesses or whatever it was. I think every job has some good to it, but I think when you follow your true passion that there's always that piece of service or purpose to it. Yeah, that's really interesting because I had a reflection of my time in corporate and the job that I was doing and the impact that I had with certain individuals and those individuals are still in my life today. And I think about sometimes feeling like I didn't have a purpose as I was working the job. But in retrospect, as I have conversations with these individuals, I'm now able to recognize the impact that I had. And that makes me feel like I had the purpose during that path or during that season of my life. Yes. Yes. And I think one of the things I did at in my corporate job was I led the women's network for one of our locations. And so it was mentoring and we would bring in speakers and mentor women in their careers. And when I look back on my career, 
that was one of my favorite parts. And so I do think you're all, there's always the potential to create a relationship or leave a positive impact on someone. And it's been interesting since I've become a life coach, because a lot of my old coworkers have reached out and said, oh, that makes so much sense. You've always been so encouraging and positive. And I thought, oh, it's hard to see it about yourself sometimes, but yeah. I've always been in that position. It is quite interesting. Yeah, because sometimes people just need a little bit of encouragement and support. And based on the dynamic that they're in, they may or may not get that. And to have someone that is in a position to provide them with that support can go a really long way. It's almost like being an informal mentor or an informal coach in that type of environment. And that's one of the things that I did enjoy about my job, which is the only reason why we've continued because I really yeah. enjoyed that part of it. I really Yeah, did. yeah, I, really I love did. that part too. And when I think on the most meaningful people in my career, it was those people who were that for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. So as you think about everything in its totality relative to the work that you're doing, what is next for you? Yeah, so right now what I'm working on, I see clients one-on-one. And like I mentioned, I see them for six months. And so I'm going to keep doing that for the rest of this year. Eventually what I would like to do going into next year is to start to create coaching groups. I think there's so much power among women being together. And I've been a a part of a couple different coaching masterminds where I've gotten so much from hearing about other women's journeys and seeing them get coached versus just me with a coach myself. And so I want to create that so that I will create this container, this environment for women to continue to grow together as we're all working towards being our best, most authentic selves. That's beautiful. And I'm sure that you'll do that as well. So what's the call to action? How can people contact you? If they go to my website, which is michellegothier.com, I've got a couple different things on there. First of all, on the very homepage, you can sign up to get my emails. That is useful. First of all, I send out a weekly article just with inspirational life coaching, practical advice type things. And then second of all, I offer free classes about once every other month that are about an hour long on a particular topic, like how to create boundaries, how to stop feeling overwhelmed. So it would give you the notifications for those. And then I also have a tab that's just free information. So there are some worksheets in there, how to create a good morning routine as an example, so they can grab something that might help them there. Very good. I have definitely enjoyed our conversation today. Michelle, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest and thank you so much for giving us a bit of your time today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning. And